And now it's time for News with My Dad, a show where we talk about the news with my dad. On the line playing the role of my dad is, in fact, my dad, the star of our show. Pop, how you doing? <laughs> Guess. This is a show we talk about the news. We try to talk about the important stuff. Sometimes we talk about the unimportant stuff. When it's unimportant, we try to say so. We take turns. Dad typically takes the first turn. Do you have a shout-out? I do have a shout-out. I have three shout-outs. There oh, we go. We got the music. I am missing Joey because I'm missing Joey already because I don't know how long we have today. And so before I give my shout-outs, how long do we have so I can pace because I have so much to cover and I can then... Dad, it's ne- we're never going to... It's never going to be enough. Just know it's never going to be enough. I understand, but do, do we have to late 30? Do we have to late 45? Do we have 9 o'clock? It's gonna, tell me what, that. What it's gonna It's going to be 10 minutes less than you wish it were, whatever it is. But I would just say we have scheduled at 8.30 Anna Williams, uh, candidate for state representative in House District 52 and current state representative in House District 52. Okay, so that so that, so that that means I've got a, I've, I've got an hour... Uh, I've got 45 minutes, okay? We're going to do a lot of laundry. Your, you have 45 minutes. That's the thing to know. You have 45 minutes. The rest of us will be here, but you have 45 minutes. Go ahead, Pop. And, and so you understand, and this is kind of a way of apology, too, to, to the possibility that she might be listening. I try whenever I can to give a heads up to people who are the subject of shout-outs. And I tell them that we start at 7.30. And if we start at 7.45, I fear that they think I lied to them. So okay. it's a problem for me. But anyhow, my shout-outs are, number one, Judge Gregory Woods, federal district judge, has told the Labor Department that their rule that they came out with to protect fast food companies, the big guys, from suits against their franchisees, that only the franchisees would be liable for suits on minimum wage violations and overtime violations, that in the judge's languages, flawed in just about every respect. Good for you, Judge Woods. Second, the Nevada Health Department, who told DDT's campaign that they could not have their the proposed rallies in hangars at the Reno and Las Vegas airports because it would violate the COVID rules in Nevada. They were not willing to roll over for DDT. And finally, to Jennifer Griffin, the Fox News reporter, who is actually a news reporter, which is rare at Fox, who is sticking to her guns that the reports about DDT dissing military, true. She's not backing down. Good for you. And the big story, we should start. I think we got to recognize the fires are everywhere. We got a text in, by the way. And yeah, we got to talk about the fires. I want to reply to this. About facial recognition, do you mean no stores can have security cameras? No. They can have security cameras, and they can even have security tapes, but they can't use AI to identify your face to have automatic reactions to it. I'll give you an example. So Jackson Stores, and there's three of those in the Portland area, they have facial recognition software that has to identify your face before the door opens. And the idea is, the idea that they would say is, well, yeah, if there's a shoplift or something that's rude to a store agent, well, our computer will remember that. They'll, the AI will know that face, 
and won't open the door for them if they ever return. Now, there's various challenges with AI that we've discussed with Kay, but two of the big ones are one, just sort of a culture of surveillance generally. Even set that one aside, though, that the facial recognition software has been proven to be particularly less reliable when dealing with darker faces, that you're more likely to have a false positive, a false uh, connection between a previous face if you're a black person walking into the store. And so if somebody else was a shoplifter and you end up getting targeted, not letting in the store because of somebody else, that's not fair either. So to be clear, no, there's still going to be security cameras. But turning all of these over to robots so that it's not only the robot eye, but the robot brain that makes decisions about what the camera sees, that's the thing that Portland just banned. It's a very helpful question. We appreciate it. The text line, if you have questions, clarifications, things you want to make sure we cover, it's 971-220-5979. Pop. And, and I have both a question, which is also kind of a comment. The the argument against that because of the technical technical problem that uh, the, the mistakes are too happen too often, especially to people of color. But but the question I have, if the technology was perfect, so that it never made a mistake, would it then be okay? That gets to the basic question of how much we want robots to run things, right? And I will say that one of my concerns is about ownership of the robots because the more and more we can do without humans, uh, the more and more can be done not just by robots but by the people who own them. To be clear, there are various limitations to what power can do. And I would argue that much of modern Western civilization has the better parts of it and try to organize around how do we limit overweening, oppressive, and abusive power. Now, here's the real issue to me about robot, about big robot, all right, about big control by AI and by, uh, well, I'll just keep, keep all on robots because I like the word, I think it's funny. And that is that right now, we can go back to Nur the Nuremberg trials, that if somebody who is the big chief, the big owner, the big leader, the big totalitarian regime head gives an order to do things. There are various checks on that. One of those checks is the human being you tell to do it might have a moral center and not do it. A problem is if you turn it over to robots, the only moral center is the one that you give them. And so it reduces that check. So if we're going to move to a more AI world, we also have to figure out how we move to a small D democratic world in a greater way. Otherwise, it's just going to be more the era of money and robots. And the era of money and robots will end up taking over more and more the space that we feel is public space, the, the place that we feel is human space, and the place we feel is small D democratic space. We got another text in. Hey, Joe, I understand the frustration, but the more you give, your, the more you air your grievances, you end up with even less time for your laundry list, smorgasbord, buffet of news. <laughs> Dad, you brought up the fires. What are you seeing? You're out at you're out of the coast right now. I know that Lincoln City got. I'm not out of the coast. I'm back home. Oh, you are. Okay. Yeah, I came home because uh, uh, the well for for various reasons, but that we don't need to go into. But I am sitting at my desk. All right. Well, how was it on your way? Do you see any smoky? Smoky also at the coast. How was the drive back? How was twenty six? The, the drive back was the drive down. The drive down night before last was really, really really smoky and manzanita was smoky most of the night coming back late yesterday early early evening yesterday the smoke was not nearly so bad so i know that lincoln city closed down entirely 
Uh, the West Coast has been blanketed by smoke, almost 100 fires in California, Oregon, and Washington. 43 fires in Oregon alone. Holy mackerel. 43 macro. fires. You know how many acres have been burned in California? And this is, yeah, I don't know, as of last night, so presumably it's more now. It is all, well, California is already the worst on record, and, and it's early in the fire season. The fire season often in California doesn't start until later in September when the usually takes, winds come. Exactly. It usually takes a little more time to dry and then a little more time for the winds to come. This is an earlier, already worse season. Two and a half million acres have been burnt in California. Mass evacuations have been ordered in various places. In Malden, Washington, the, vi- the fire arrived so abruptly that not even the fire station was spared. It is a special kind of signal of the apocalypse when the fire station burns down in Malden, Washington. The city hall, the post office, and the library also burned down. Many counties, Washington, Oregon, had similar experiences. The Bear Fire in California, north of Sacramento, grew to 233,000 acres overnight, forcing thousands of people to flee their homes. The smoke from the fire rose 40,000 feet, mixing with the ice in the atmosphere. A meteorologist of the National Weather Service Sacramento said the fire is essentially creating its own weather system. The smoke mixed with fog and left the bare area cloaked in a dim orange light throughout yesterday, as I said on the local it looks like John Mars, excuse me, John Carter, warlord of Mars out there. Uh, here it's just gray skies, clouds, and smoke up there in Portland. We have been a little bit more spared. Uh, I know that in Clackamas County, I know in Boring, they had their power shut down and they're getting evacuated. It's a big, big thing. And we got a note in, uh, not just call them wildfires, call them climate fires. Now, this is not just a happenstance. This is what happens. Global weirding is what happens when you have large-scale global warming. And this is not normal. People shouldn't consider it the new normal. If it is new anything, it's the new something that ain't good. The, town, the towns in southern Oregon, Talon and Phoenix, have apparently been trashed. And uh, it's... Uh, Phoenix, of course, is I have a special, special place in my heart for Phoenix because that was where Meredith was living when I met her. Before we go, go on to the news, there are a couple of things I just, I just I want to acknowledge the passing of Lou Brock, the great outfielder who stole bases and stole bases and stole bases, died at 81. And then I don't feel that I adequately recognized what a loss it was when Chadwick Boseman. Bozeman departed last week. He he was he was a real treasure for us all, and I I, I just want to acknowledge that further. No, it, it is it was such a tragedy. It made me it, it made me and so many others cry. It was so sad, and and what we knew, and you and I didn't talk about it much. And what we now know is that during the filming, and now we've seen so many clips on the internet of him answering questions. And I know we feel a little bit late. I mean, this is a while back already, but but it's not. Like, let's not let history pass so quickly that we don't take time and breathe for a moment. That and when, his courage, when he was his courage, was astonishing. When he was answering questions at one point about uh, a young boy with cancer who he was counseling, little did the people know who were listening to that answer when Chadwick Boseman choked up. He had not talked to the public yet about his own cancer. Presumably, and you know, this is my own speculation, maybe there's been better speculation or confirmation out there, but my own speculation 
is that if he was going to be slave to play heroes, he didn't want anybody to see any weakness and have that be the discussion, and he wanted to live his life to the fullest until he didn't have a chance to live it anymore. And yeah, rest in peace also to Lou Brock. Lou Brock stole 118 bases in 1974. That's a lot. That's a lot. Did you before, see, by before, the way, before, we're talking before, about entertainment before, and sports? Before we completely no, before abandon the conversation about AI, did you catch, did you catch the essays that AI, that AI was programmed, well, programmed, was invited to write? No. Oh, well, they were invited to write essays, and the one, and, and one of them was they were, AI was asked to write a 500-word essay on whether or not they wanted to control the world. And he came back and said, no, why would we want to do that? But, of course, the, it was relying upon the input of, the, I guess they put the works of something like eight ethicists into into the AI's brain or whatever the AI has. But it, but it is kind of scary what AI can do. Here's an essay, an AI essay. Artificial intelligence will destroy humanity. Will artificial intelligence help humanity or harm it? To answer this question, was first understand what artificial intelligence is. Well, I'm not going to read this essay on the air, uh, but uh, it, it appears inconclusive as far as I can tell. It appears inconclusive, and that is the big question. We got another text in. Thank you for the clarification. I think that was about the in-camera, in-store cameras. Uh, I was about to say something. Oh, I know. Back to sports, because, you know, why not? Did you see that? Did you see that the Braves scored 29 runs against the Marlins? No. Yeah, scored 29 runs. The record, the record since the early 1900s is 30. They are one run against. They are run one run against that. Okay, we can move off from sports now. The Blazers wow. season isn't happening. Uh, yeah. Okay, we've talked about the fires. Uh, other okay, the, 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 the thing is really important. I, I normally do not like to start talking about DDT, but I got to start talking about DDT this morning because yesterday we saw what I have to call the ultimate prostitution of the Department of Justice. Do you know what I'm talking about? This was horrible. It is so horrible. I just it just blows my mind. I, I you know I kept thinking that we've seen the worst from these people, and then we get this. So people know what we're talking about. Yesterday, which was the day that that DDT, that's Trump folks, if you don't know who we're talking about, that had to respond to the order in the state court in the case brought against him for for libel and slander by Gene Carroll, where he was going to have to pony up documents and maybe pony up DNA and submit to a deposition, the Department of Justice went in and moved to intervene in the case and move it to federal court, alleging that when Trump said what he said about her, he was acting as the President of the United States, and therefore the suit has to be against the United States not DDT, which means if this is granted by a federal court, you and I as taxpayers will pay for his defense. You and I as taxpayers will pay for any judgment. And the likelihood of a judgment might is significantly diminished because of the doctrine of qualified immunity. And this is just 
so egregious, I don't know how to overstate it. It is also for me reminded me that I can't lose my emotion of shock. I can't allow myself merely to say, oh, well, I guess, you know, we know this about these people already. Uh, But it is a reminder, to be clear, one of the great mistakes. This president was brought to us by mass media, uh, and so was this attorney general. There was such a desire, such an instinct by large media organizations, commercial media organizations, such a desire and such an instinct to be able to find ways to both sides just about everything and to be able to say, oh, it's going to be infrastructure week. It is, uh, oh, this is the day finally Donald Trump is going to be presidential. Uh, Oh, this is, you know, we take him seriously, but not literally. This entire rhetorical architecture, various attempts to try to uh, demonstrate, to to define objectivity as removing any values, removing any judgments, that that, in that context, Bill Barr is nominated. Said, "Oh well, because he is a wealthy lawyer, because he is, because he has had a credential before, because he covered up crimes by another president before, called the cover-up general by conservative columnist William Sapphire, but because he's sort of in the parlance, because he's sort of in the deal flow, because he worked for a high-powered law firm, he goes to the right parties." Because he seemed like a person that somebody other than Trump might also hire, he was given a completely free pass in his review and in his confirmation. But what we need to know about Bill Barr is Bill Barr, since he was a kid, has been arguing essentially for a soft monarchy, has essentially been arguing for even more than a unitary executive, and certainly was arguing for a unitary executive back in the day when that theory first really cropped into American power in the Nixon years and after, and the idea that Bill Barr is going to turn over the apparatus of the Department of Justice to defend against a personal claim. Bill Clinton sure as heck didn't get that during Whitewater. It is nothing that has happened, to my knowledge, in the history of the presidency, and yeah, Dad, I'm glad you pointed it out. Also on DDT, let me just run through quick, because it's all worth remarking on. Books are out. We, we know about the book by his niece Mary and, and Michael Cohen's book and Stephanie Winston's Melania and Me, and now we have Rage. And I'm wondering if Rage might not really tip tip the, the whatever it is that needs to be tipped, because Woodward has has written a book in which he reports on lots of stuff, but the the big thing he reports on is that Trump actually knew, knew in February, fairly early in February, about the significance of COVID, knew it was bad, recognized it was bad, and all the time knowing that, knowing knowing that it could be transparent, through the air the whole thing kept telling us oh it's okay it's okay it's okay so we were were not taking the steps that cried out to be taken the moment it was known and all all of the books and all the other stuff reporters are reporting on what they heard somebody say but now Woodward is not doing that Woodward has the tapes 
He taped everything that DDT said. 18 so sessions. No, he did 18 no interviews. Denying that he said it. He did 18 interviews. The last one was last month, meaning that any communications person knew that this book was going to be released within a couple of months of the election or right before the election. Uh, I find that decision fascinating, and I think it can only be explained not only by uh, Bob Woodward's prestige, but also by Donald Trump's ego. He knew who Bob Woodward was, almost certainly has never read one of his books, uh, but said, oh, this guy's a big deal. I, I want to make sure this is this if this is going to be the seminal tract. I want to make sure my piece is in there and that, you know, his his magical powers for seeking attention, his desires, overreading desire for seeking attention, uh, I think led to him doing it. But that is to your idea that this is the thing that finally breaks. The only thing that's going to break it in my mind is either if the red wall breaks or if the red wall topples on Trump and turns against him. And I don't think I don't think Bob Woodward, anybody who worked for the Washington Post or any any legitimate news organization really has the power to do that at this point. Uh, it might it might tip it enough to get him down. You know, maybe I guess if I meant to make your case, well, gets the, down to the low 30. I am I am convinced that there really are 35 percent of the folks out there close to close to that who will stick with him if he does shoot somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue. Well, he said that. The, his, his campaign has already spent $58 million in legal fees for various suits in which they are involved. There's just some stuff on DDT that, that has to be mentioned. First, I'm, I'm fascinated by how much religion is playing into the campaign. We have a Catholic priest supported by a Catholic bishop who has announced that anybody who votes against DDT is going to hell, but at the same time, 150 theologians, activists, priests, and nuns from the Catholic Church have written a letter, a public letter, in which they are saying that you, you cannot support DDT, that you've got to vote for Biden. The, uh, uh, it's uh, produced by the Faith in Public Life Action part of the letter says, while neither political party or candidate reflects the fullness of Catholic teaching on every issue, President Trump's character, policy decisions, and cruelty toward anyone who challenges him demonstrates a fundamental concept, con contempt for what it means to be a Christian. The same president who used a Bible as a political prop for a photo opportunity in front of a church defiles the gospel in his words and policies, a consistent pattern of racism, sexism, and nativism defines this presidency. Interesting controversy there. 81 Nobelists from chemistry, medical, medicine, and physics have come out with a letter saying you've got to elect Biden. The DDT campaign is attacking Harris because she asked two questions of Kavanaugh in Kavanaugh's hearing about his involvement in the Knights of Columbus, and there again the church is entering. And the edu Education Department has issued a rule, putting out a rule, telling colleges that if they refuse to support religious clubs, including particularly clubs that discriminate against LGBTQ people, they are going to lose their federal funding. Religion is really, really, really involved in this.
campaign and in this administration. And then the last thing I just want to comment on, the HSA Intel chief was demoted because he refused to follow Chad Wolf, the acting boss, and don't let me get started on the acting again, that he should play down or stop talking about Russian interference and instead talk about China, which, of course, is right out of DDT's playbook. There just is no end to it. Okay, so go ahead, talk about the poll or whatever you want. You got it. There is a new poll. It was released to the Oregonian. The Oregonian shared the entire poll. Uh, And that is a thing that very rarely happens. Typically, when there is a private poll taken, a poll taken by a campaign, it is a fireable offense to release the whole poll. Very often, the results of a poll, they'll show the results, not share the document, but show the results or tell the results to a reporter so that that information can end up, if it's favorable to the person who's doing the leaking, they'll leak it, you know, to try to get that story in there. But here, the entire poll was in the, or is there now. that You can check it out. They were going in right now. And the poll was actually about the police oversight system. The poll was actually about the proposal. And in a matter of disclosure, it's something I'm helping with and I support myself. So just let people know that. But it is something that uh, was proposed by many, led in the city council by Joanne Hardesty, got finally, after all the protests, she was able to get the votes in uh, city council to refer it. The city auditor came out opposed to it. Uh, she was also opposed to public campaign financing and housing that into her office. So, you know, she... The, the, yeah, when is she up, by the way? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. I should look it up. But, uh, but you know, she has her own track record. But, the, uh, but now it is going to be on the ballot, and the poll was supposed to be about that. Now, it was good news. It was good news. for. By the way, did you see the poll, Dad? Did you look yeah, at the I saw that it, it's very, very heavily going to pass, and I'm sure it is going to pass. Yeah, it got about 70% support, so it's looking really good. Unfortunately, uh, accountability for police was falling too much down on partisan lines, and we're you know, pretty liberal voting city, maybe more than pretty liberal voting city. And so it's uh, so the fact that it's on party lines doesn't mean that we're anywhere close to 50, 50 or even 60, 40. Uh, and, but and you know, fewer Democrats oppose it than uh, than Republicans who support it. So that's well, at least good. Margin. But it's but it's still. But that was the, that was what the poll was for. OK, but the other beast, dad, had some bad news for Mayor Ted Wheeler. Yep. A lot, I, I was I was taught years ago that there are four reasons people vote: for somebody, against somebody, or for the other candidate or against the other candidate. And what it suggests is that there are going to be a whole lot of votes against. Wait a minute. The mayor. How is that? How is that four reasons instead of two? Well, because you, I, I, I vote candidate A. I vote for the mayor or against the mayor. Or I vote for, oh, for the opponent or against the, the opponent. opponent. Got, against it, got, the it, got opponent. it, got it, got it, got it, got it. And you think that the you think there might be a lot of anti Ted Wheeler votes? Yes. And, and an interesting thing on that one will be uh, how how many write-ins there are. 
Well, uh, Tressa Rayford is uh, is a write-in candidate. She got by 18 percent in the primary, so didn't make it into the general election, but is keep. But there's now people who are saying, "No, write in Tressa Rayford. She's the answer." Uh, the lots of people who are supporting Sarah Anarone concerned that those Rayford votes would be anti-Ted votes, which otherwise, therefore, most likely be Sarah Anarone exactly. votes. And so concerned about that. But I have to say, I, I'm not I'm not weighing in on the mayor's race right here, but I am feeling some compassion for the mayor, man. I mean, people lighting a firecracker in his apartment, him having to go and move somewhere else. He has lost his uh, he, he has lost his mother. He has lost his marriage. Uh, he is in the middle of a tough campaign. He's in the middle of a global pandemic. He's in the middle of a firestorm. He's in the middle of of, of protests that, that probably are more mad at Trump, but still say they want his head. Uh, it is, he is, he is just, just a matter of human beings. I know maybe that makes me a softy, but just as a human being, I'm feeling some compassion for the guy. I'm not, I, I'm not I, going I, on I the feel, race. I feel the same because there, there are, there actually are some problems that, that maybe nobody could have done any better. Here's, here's the thing. Okay. So I have my, I have my critiques and here's the one and on the chance. And I'm hoping to talk to him about it. He just did an interview with Lem week. I'm hoping it, and we had a good interview with him and I hope he'll come in again. Uh, but the, the the note I would give is it, let's talk about just for a moment on the protests is I think the move was to go further than expected to go further than would have been expected by Joanne Hardesty or of Joanne Hardesty to go further than would have been expected by many protesters not to send a signal okay if you push me hard enough I'll do something because that just sends a signal well then push me harder but to surprise by showing even more, I hesitate to call it radical, but I'm going to call it moral leadership. And you, an idea from an X-ray listener and supporter was, you know, what about using, who owns the streets? Well, the city owns the streets. So we could, it wouldn't have to just be, uh, you know, guerrilla style murals being painted on makeshift walls of the Apple store. Uh, we could sanction art that was pro-racial justice. We could have not just the elk, but whatever the 21st century representation of art that we want to see in our city, their move that we could have seen leadership even going further on the police budget, even going further on on matters of policy related to the protests. I, I think that that move would have been and there's and I've interested in other people's thoughts about what those moves might have been. And I think he was trying and this is why my critique is somewhat soft, because I think somebody was trying to say, listen, I'm not going to try to be the white savior. I want to tuck in behind uh, Commissioner Hardesty. And that is a morally defensible choice. But I think it, but, but my instinct was a little bit different. My instinct was to go a little further than would have been uh, otherwise guessed. And take me by surprise. The, the fact that there is that degree of uh, the fact that that excuse me, I said 18 percent Rayford, I think got closer to 8 percent. I thank you for that correction. Uh, the the fact that there is that much opposition to the mayor does not necessarily mean that when people get in the booth that they vote for they vote for the new vote for the other candidate. Sarah, by the way, Sarah Anderson, we should also disclose as a friend of X-Ray, has been a co-host of the morning show. Uh, also had had wonderful interviews with her. A lot of respect for. Uh, not trying to weigh in, on, weigh in on the race during this during this program, but just want to give some equal time. Tressa Rayford has been a friend for a long time as well, so I, I will at least well, both while sides. We're, while we're talking there. about local stuff, and uh, let, let me laundry list laundry list, or I make sure since it is local Thursday, supposedly, the Portland police are going to get active bystander for law enforcement training called the Able Program to. Uh, 
teach them what to do when they see a fellow officer doing something he or she shouldn't be doing. The uh, good good reason, I think, for this is that six more lawsuits have been filed against the police department of Portland for for unlawful force, alleging unlawful force and and injury against them. Something that I would invite your comment and invite text in, that it turns out that uh, up until the 28th of of August, the last several months, the Portland police have been encrypting radio calls so that nobody but cops can get the radio calls, which means, for example, that news outlets that monitor calls so they are on top of stuff don't get the information. The only reason it's not in effect right now is because there were some glitches that were keeping some people who should get the messages from getting the messages. Yeah, the police scanners, scrambling the police scanners. People had police scanners, which uh, that includes journalists, but that also includes protester types, and they're trying to scramble them, encrypt them. And, and, and what, what that comes down to, it, it really, uh, the fundamental issue there, I think, is if if the police the, the too often police department view the policeman view is it is us against them we the folks in blue against the folks who are not in blue then sure you you ought to be protecting your information from the enemy but if you are not if it isn't us against them if it is rather we all working together trying to make a better place for everyone to live then it then it's pretty serious when you start saying we're going to keep secret our communications but but it, it's 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 not an easy thing and i'd be very interested in what folks think about it while we're talking about state local ninth circuit has said that there is going to be no redistricting ballot measure on the ballot this year. And, oh, something everybody needs to know. Day after tomorrow, the Clinton Street Theater, which is the home of Rocky Horror Picture Show, is having a telethon to try to raise enough money to keep its doors open because it is really threatened by COVID. If you care about the Clinton Street Theater, check in to their Saturday. And I and I am one of the people who cares about the Clinton Street Theater for whatever that's worth, and I know that's a lot of Portlanders as well. We have had the proprietor on the air talking about the effort to save it. They're already having some challenges before, and now, of course, if you can't go in to see movies, it makes it even harder for them to make it. But this is the truly independent theater, truly community-owned. This has been the host of so many. Like if Greg Palast has a book coming out on democracy, he goes to Clinton Street Theater. If Carl Wolfson back in the day had wanted to do a little fundraiser for his own show, it happened at Clinton Street Theater. That place has been part of the beating heart of activist Portland on screen for decades. And it is a it is a community treasure. And so I, you know, appreciate anybody who is engaged in community treasures, including the Clinton Street Theater. Library, Multnomah County Library, turns out is going to be able to save a lot of jobs they thought they were going to lose, which is good. And schools, what is happening with schools? Are they open? Are they closed? Are they functioning? 
We read, read each other together. I don't know, but if I were a student, I'd be loving this. I just have to say, <laughs> I got you, when you're a kid, you're supposed to love learning. That didn't happen to me until I was in my early 20s. So if I were if I were a student at Grant or Beaumont right now, I'd be like, oh, I guess I'd have to. I'd be the dopest. It'd be so great. Yeah, I'd miss my friends, but I don't know. How's Miles dealing with it? Does he like it or is he uh, does he bored? Well, Miles is never bored. Miles does not have the capacity to be bored. Miles has the well, set, set the aside bored. Does he miss his friends? To find things to do of any kid I have ever known. If he, if he's not outside building something that he can practice on his skateboard or on his pogo stick or on his dirt bike, he's actually exercising his pogo stick or his dirt bike. Or he is painting something, or he is drawing something. He's something. By the way, I, when you were talking about the, the Woodward series of interviews with Trump and the Woodward book about Trump, it came on the heels, yes, of the Melania book by Melania's former best friend, because Melania threw her under the bus uh, over the inauguration, the Michael Cohen book, and, and Donald Trump's niece's book. I mean, this is like his lawyer and his freaking family uh, and the best friend of his wife have all come out in books right before the election. Holy mackerel. But but I don't know if you saw that Tucker Carlson blamed Lindsey Graham for the Woodward uh, Woodward interviews. No. Uh, how, how did he do that? Well, apparently Graham admitted to the Daily Beast he had told Trump the interviews with Woodward would be a, quote, chance to tell your side of the story. And Carlson claimed that Graham had even brokered the interviews between Trump and and Woodward and sat in on their first <laughs> chat. Oh, that's wonderful. So anyway, that's what that's what Tucker Carlson has to say. Uh, in a minute, we will be talking to Anna Williams, state representative who is up for re-election right now. Dad, you've got any laundry list buffet or yeah, let me, let me, to deal first, with? Let me, let me laundry list my international news. The Indo-China border dispute has heated up. The fires, the guns have now been sh- fired and a sol- an Indian soldier has been killed. India, as as in retaliation, has shut down China-sponsored apps. Charles Hebdo is republishing the pictures of Mohammed. We hope it doesn't cause another raid and kill more of them. Boris Johnson, Prime Minister of the Great Britain, is threatening to break the Brexit deal. And boy, if he really tries to do that, he has to have a vote out of Parliament. And I would be interested to see if he can if he could maintain his majority with that. Some Myanmar, Myanmar soldiers have defected, and they have testified that they were told to kill all the Rohingya you see. Just kill all you see in Germany organization called Reichbürgers, which means citizens of the right, are loving DDT and QAnon, and they believe that DDT and Putin are going to join, enter into a deal to free them of the German government. And while we're talking about Germany, the Alex Navalny, the opposition leader that was poisoned, looks like he's going to survive. And that may be threatening the German-Russia pipeline, which is interesting. And last, the Belarus opposition leader, Ms. Kolesnikova, was abducted 
apparently to be kicked out of the country and they couldn't get her out of the country because she tore up her passport. Of course, I don't know how safe she is if, if they can't kick her out. I wonder if they'll just liquidate her. But that's my laundry list for international. If we have any more time, I can laundry list some national stuff. Laundry list of national stuff? Go ahead, Pop. Okay. Judge Larry Coe of the Northern District of California has told the Census Bureau that they cannot continue to plan to shut down early, at least until their hearing a week from today on the whether or not they have the right to shut down early or at all. Let's hope that they don't. A study has contends that the Sturgis motorcycle rally this year is going to wind up with 250,000 COVID cases that would not have happened otherwise because, of course, you, you send several hundred thousand people into a little town and they go out and some of them get sick and, and they infect other people. The Hartford School District has been afflicted with ransomware and that leads me to think that I'm waiting for a presidential candidate or some national candidate to say we have to recognize that there is a war going on worldwide being waged by these ransomware folks and we need to be seeking international agreements and a major, major effort from law enforcement to catch and punish, boy, I'd, I would put those put those folks up for life. The uh, Walmart is taking on Amazon. That's going to be an interesting thing to watch. Well, that's uh, Amazon's been taking on Walmart for a long time. But explain what you mean, Pop. And that's the that is the battle of the heavies, right? Like J. C. Penney and Sears have given way to Walmart, and now there's a risk that Walmart's going to give way. To Amazon, and it feels so strange. My my emotions about Walmart have slightly changed. The reality is their business haven't changed, but the uh, uh, I mean, with the exception, I guess, of the Amazon competition. But but now lately, now Walmart, you know, it, it just feel mostly feels differently to me now that they're getting their tail kicked by Amazon. But what's the fact when you say taking them on? You just mean they're going more online, or what do you mean? Well, the the they're uh, across the board. Of course, I think last week we acknowledged that. That locally, Powell's have decided to quit using using Amazon. The uh, it's it, it will be interesting to watch. It, it's kind of like uh, uh, you you two you see two heavies fighting. You say go it go at both sides. <laughs> hope hope both of you hope both of you lose. The there's a report on smoking and vaping about its relation to COVID risk. And the study says that if you smoke you are two times as subject to risk from COVID. And if you vape, you are five times more in danger. If you're out there vaping, folks, that's a pretty good excuse to quit. And then something I'd like just to talk just a moment about to the extent we have the time is the reports about Louis DeJoy, the postmaster, that his company forced or at least pressured their middle management and upper management to contribute to Republican candidates and Republican causes and then paid them bonuses to make up for what they did. And and DeJoy says, oh, horrors, we never broke the law. 
there's a congressional investigation. But that is something that I came up against years years ago. In Oregon, it is illegal for public utility as a utility to contribute to political causes. So public utilities have PACs, and those PACs, of course, can contribute to they want. And where do they, where do they get the PACs? Well, they get the PACs by their employees contributing to the PAC. And I was representing a woman in a divorce whose husband was worked for a Oregon utility, and he listed as one of his financial obligations his annual contribution to the company PAC. And I thought, wait a minute, you can't say that. So I called the company and asked, is it really expected of people in his job? And she said, well, yes, it really is expected. So which means that utility was telling their employees, their management, you contribute to the PAC, and then we'll just make sure that your salary is sufficient to make up for what you are contributing. Yeah, no, Ron Wyden told me years ago when Gordon Smith was in the U.S. Senate, he said, when, he said, here's one of the advantages that Republicans have. And he said, here's what Gordon can do that I can't really do. That he can go and he'll name a business, right? And said, and he'll go and say, I want you to bring uh, 12 people, 15 people for a lunch. And each of those people should bring the federal maximum for themselves and their spouse for both for the primary and the general. That's, you know, call it 20, what's it, 2,600 now? So back then it was like, what, 2,100, 2,200? Let's just call it 10 grand each, right? Two plus two plus two plus two, or 2,500 plus 2,500 plus 2,500 plus 2,500. And you go that, and you, you, you go to that lunch, and you got a dozen people who each bring their 10 grand, and you have a $120,000 lunch. Now, of course, you do, and you do that with a company, and each of them, those executives you said, Dad, gets it, has that remembered or explicitly paid back. Pop, I think it is time for a straw in the wind. And I have three straws in the wind. Three? It's like a field of straws. First straw. And I'm going to see how this one comes out. Dow Jones has dropped Exxon from the Dow. The U.S. Army Chaplain Monica Larson has been made a colonel, and the reason that is significant, first is that she is a woman, and second, that she is African-American. And last, Home Depot, folks, if you were planning, just waiting with breathlessly for Black Friday next month with Home Depot, Home Depot is not going to participate in Black Friday this year. Well, thankfully, Black Friday isn't for two months, and thankfully, I guess this time, it ain't going to be happening in the same way. Well, Dad, I want to give you a piece of news, one minor ripple of hope. I know that you haven't been listening to your Metallica collection as much as before. But, I confess, that's true. But Metallica has donated money to Clackamas Community College. Do you know what for? I'll no. T- I'll tell you what for. Heavy metal courses, including automotive and welding, this time, the uh, this time uh, James Hetfield, the lead vocalist and guitarist, auctioned off a one-of-a-kind collection of coffee tables he made during his spare time under quarantine. He named the collection the COVID Collection by J.H. In full, the coffee tables sold for $75,000. Maybe he should go in the coffee table wow. business, but he's That's donating wonderful. that money. Yep. All right, Dad. Well, we'll play out with Metallica. I love you, Dad. Love you, too. We've done it again. We'll be back on Monday.